Hola amiga, I am so excited for you to tune in to today's episode. I have another great guest on. Her name is Brittany Wilson. She's a marriage and family therapist, formerly licensed marriage family therapist, and now a Christian mental health coach and a podcaster for Morning Mama. She is my dear friend, leader, and mentor. She is a pillar at our church, just leading connect groups and just leads with so much grace and so much wisdom. I know you're going to gather so much from our conversation today on marriage, but she is the friend that introduced me to church, helped me navigate some big questions, doubts, and concerns when it came down to my own faith. And you'll see why I brought her on to talk on this topic of marriage and how God moved through her and through her marriage and just revealed truth and growth and how he just walked alongside her on this journey of marriage. So lean in, you're in for a treat. Hola amiga, welcome to the Amiga Arise podcast. I'm Priscilla Gomez, your host and hopefully an amiga for a journey of learning, growing, and thriving. I'm a licensed clinical therapist with a trauma history of my own, but I was transformed by the call that God has placed on my life. And I'm here to share how the clinical world taught me how to begin my healing process, but ultimately only God was able to heal the darkest areas of my past. Amiga, I know you are smart, driven, successful, and ambitious, but yet there seems to be something missing. You might be wondering why peace and joy are lacking in your life. Amiga, welcome. I can bet you have walked through some dark paths yourself, and maybe you're wondering if God is even real or why suffering exists or what your true purpose is here on earth. Amiga, I hear you. But if you're ready to take a deeper look, find freedom, and step into flourishing God's way, I'm here to lend a helping hand as you step into your healing and your faith-filled life. So open up that journal, pop in those AirPods, and take a deep breath. We're about to embark on a beautiful journey of arising to your true self. Well, hi, friend. Welcome to Amiga Rise. I'm so excited you're here. Uh, I can't wait to have people hear your story and why actually you're one of the inspirations for me to even start a podcast. I got to see and witness your own experience going through that. Anyways, we can talk on for hours of like yes. <laughs> our friendship and how we've ended up here. Um, but Friends, I'm just so excited for you to meet Brittany Wilson, just an amazing friend to to me, an incredible leader at our church and a pillar at our church. And I just want you to hear firsthand on her experience with marriage, counseling, um, coaching, motherhood. I, I just can't, I could go on and on. The list is like too long to keep it into a bio uh, form. So without further ado, please help me welcome Brittany Wilson, Morning Mama podcaster. And yeah, I guess the first question I want to ask you is give us a little insight about your role with church, your profession, God, and how our friendship kind of developed and how that, you know, people, once you hear the story, you'll see why I'm asking these questions. <laughs> Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I just already feel so encouraged. So can I just come on your podcast every day and you can <laughs> encourage me because I feel great. <laughs> um, everyone listening, I know how much you love Priscilla and um, it, you should love her. She's truly just one of the most incredible humans I know. And it's such an honor to know her and then just to get to be here. So thanks for um, having me and 
yeah, it's, you're just amazing. So, um, yeah, I, so our friendship, I guess, um, we, um, met Priscilla and I met at a place where we landed after grad school, where we were fulfilling our hours. We were in the school-based program together where we would go into different schools and, um, do uh, therapy with, with kids. And yeah, so we got to know each other there and she was such a, a great, just resource even friendship to have there because it, it was really, really hard work on so many levels. We were just chatting about it for a minute and I was just remembering kind of the pain of that season. It's, it was beautiful and such great training, but also just kids just in the depths of pain. And we had so many of them and so much paperwork. And so all that to say, um, Priscilla was one of my good friends during that season. And I was just so grateful to just have her. And we would always just, um, yeah, just get to support each other in that. And our friendship kind of continued, um, after that. And, and speaking of that, Priscilla is just such a good friend. She just is so good at showing up for the people in her life. And so I would get to see her do that for the other girls. There was like four of us that would hang out. She would do that for the other girls. She would do that for me. Like she drove all the way down like to Orange County. She, she was up in Whittier, um, and she drove all the way down for my baby shower and, and she's just such a great friend. So we, we kind of kept in contact and then, um, yeah, just throughout the years, God just kind of prompted me to, um, just share different things with her about God. I could just tell that she was, uh, seeking him or, or trying to figure out where she was at in faith. And so there was just little moments that God, encouraged me just to, um, share some of my faith with her. And, um, and then during COVID, uh, I can't even remember why we were talking. I think, I think you texted me Priscilla and it happened to me on a Sunday and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share, um, about church today and, uh, invite her to church. And at that time it was online because it was the beginning of COVID and, you know, everything was shut down. And so, um, I reached out to her and she said, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, this is so exciting. I didn't expect her to say yes. And so, um, yeah, since then it's just kind of continued. She, she kept tuning in online and then we would meet up and then she started and join my connect group. Um, and then now she moved down here to join, uh, be a part of our church and speaking of pillars in the church, she is one of those. Uh, she's so incredible, all the things she does and all the people she impacts. And so I'm just so excited now that we actually like get to do life together. Like we still don't have enough time to hang out as much as we would like because (laughs) of the chaos of my children and, all the things that we're both doing, but, um, I'm at least in closer proximity to her. So I'm just so grateful for that Priscilla. Yeah. You're you're so amazing. No, thank you so much for sharing about that. Um, I I think I've shared, a. you're in my story at the beginning of my episodes. I don't think I name you by name or maybe I do. I don't can't recall. Um, so those of you who have been following along and like episode by episode, this is Brittany who introduced me to like church and, just propelled um that faith journey for me and I've had uh Danaba on which we all we work together yeah. also a Christian and you know going through her stuff and the the thing that I recall about Danaba is what I recall about you too Brittany when the topics of faith came up not, not once not ever did I feel shamed guilt condemned like at all from either one of you. And there was just this beauty about how you spoke about your faith. And I, there was just, I remember there was a time we were in our lunchroom and I didn't expect to be talking about this, but in our lunchroom, like the four of us who you talked, you know, we were kind of a group setting. Sometimes there's more of us around and you spoke with such conviction, clarity, and peace about certain things. I remember this one time you're like, I just feel like God's calling me to do, you know, like 
and the way you said it, and I didn't question it, or I didn't be like, what do you mean God's telling you? Like, I just thought, wow, that's pretty cool and incredible that you can hear so clearly that you just feel this tug and this push. And I couldn't exactly tell you what it was that you were like navigating at that time, but the way you said it without fear of being judged. I don't know if that's what exactly you felt at the time, because I know now as a Christian that sometimes when you put yourself out there within a leap of faith of like talking about your faith, it can feel terrifying. Like, oh, I just said the word God out loud. Yes, Yes. it is so helpful to hear your perspective on that because like, yes, I'm glad you you feel that now (laughs) and know what it feels like. But yeah, it's like constantly worried that you're going to offend someone, even though we don't need to worry about that. But it's that, you know, we're, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously we need to speak in love. I'm not saying like, be a jerk, but we need to like speak the name of Jesus, you know, yeah. everywhere we go. And, um, it does feel so awkward and feels like people are going to be uncomfortable. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's really helpful. Yeah. And so, and I say that because, um, like you would even question or, or prompt certain questions towards me in, in sense, like, well, what do you think is like, happening like why is that happening for you or you like you would ask me what I thought God was doing in my life without telling me that that's what you thought God was doing or saying and it was just my goodness so beautiful now in retrospect and in reflection because I was like oh wow Brittany was really planting some seeds mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had no idea or so I was just on a on a different in a different realm at that time, as you know. And so, um, yeah, it was just such a God thing and God timing of the reason why, you know, I text you that Sunday and, um, we stayed in touch and, and connected. Um, God just works in, in miraculous ways. But one of the, the reasons why, um, I also looked up to you then and still continue to look up to you now is, how you carried yourself within relationships. Mm -hmm. And this month I'm dedicating to the topic and the themes around relationships, romantic or not. And you talked about me making, you know, time to go drive down to friends. Like, so did you, like you lived in Orange County and you stuck around in, in the Long Beach area or, you know, showed up for friends. And like, I remember you're like, come on over for like Monday night football. Like you you just had these like um, wanting and craving these healthy relationships. But also what I was really drawn to was how you spoke about your relationship with your husband, right? Like you guys were recently married. You were just like in transition of um, changing last names and, um, I can't even remember what your maiden last name was. And then, <laughs> like, but I remember like an email went out, like, actually, it's not that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was so new. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if I know the fullness of um, how you and Wes started dating. And, you know, I know some of your story in terms of like, what it looks like to be dating as a Christian non-Christian and like actually seeking a God-led, God-centered marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. Um, you know, I knew Priscilla wanted me to share a little bit on like Christian dating and marriage. And I don't know if you fully know what a mess truly marriage looked like for me for the first five years and really even dating before that. Um, yeah. Like we were so far from perfect. And 
um, really it's only been in the last like year. And even just now God has like, God, I mean, God has been working the whole time, but you know, he's just, he's, he's moved so much in our lives during this time. And so, um, you know, in, in terms of Christian dating, you know, you had asked like, what are some, you know, advice you have and <laughs> the best way I feel like I can, uh, share with you is first of all, just to share my mistakes and hopefully you can learn from them. <laughs> um, cause yeah, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. I've, I've followed God, um, my whole life, you know, there was times of rebellion when I was running from him, but, um, even when I was following him and I was trying to date in this world, it was really challenging. Um, there, you know, just my old patterns, um, just the, what culture says about dating, uh, just the norms that are present in our culture. Just there's so many things that contributed to me making a whole lot of mistakes. Um, and so, yeah, I have a few mistakes to share with you and hopefully you can all learn from them. Um, so in terms of dating, the first mistake that I feel like I made, and I don't even think I would have realized this until I think even just very recently, um, because it did carry on into my marriage, but I made marriage an idol. Mm -hmm. I was so obsessed with it. Like I, it was the end all be all like, that was the finish line. That was like everything I was working towards. Although, I mean, like I was, you know, working on my career, I was in church, but like, that was the ultimate. And so I I think Mm -hmm. I put that often on the throne instead of God and, um, made it, it felt like, well, once I have this, then, my life is going to feel complete. Then I have, you know, all the answers to my prayers. And so I, I just, and it consumes like so much of my thoughts. It's consumed so much of, um, just how I would strategize what I would do with my like day or even at church. Like, how could I, okay. Looking around the room, is there anyone here that could be my future husband? <laughs> like embarrassing things that I would do because it was such an idol in my life. And not to say that you can't like look around and be like, Oh, any cute boys here, but you know, I, I made it more than that. And so, um, I, and, and what happens then too, is that, that never was really removed. I do remember hitting a season shortly before I started dating my now husband, where it, it became less of an idol. And I, I, I finally was able to let go of it, but I don't think that completely was gone because then it moved into my marriage mm-hmm. and my husband now was where I looked for, for completion. Like he was supposed to complete me. He was supposed to make me feel better. He was supposed to be my everything, but no one is our everything or is supposed mm-hmm. to complete us besides God. And yeah. so like, that is the, you know, not only is that hurting you now because, you know, you have an idol in place. If that's, if this is you and you're relating to what I'm saying, uh, not you, Priscilla. Listener. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, I'm, yeah, I could feel some conviction on certain things myself. So <laughs> it's so easy to make it that way. And even Christian culture, especially in the like growing, how I grew up in Christian culture, it like did, I don't want to blame anything. I'm not about blame. I think we all need to, you know, own up to our own stuff, but I think it, created some of this mentality in me, um, or supported it. And yeah. And so if, if you fall into that, it doesn't just hurt you in the now, but it's going to hurt your future marriage. Cause you're going to look to your spouse to be your God. And that doesn't work out well, as you can imagine. <laughs> so that's, that's my first mistake. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, another mistake that I, as I was reflecting that I came up on is just like feeling this need to compromise. Um, you know, it was hard for me to really believe that I could find a guy that 
like truly loved God and also would fight for our purity and met all those other, you know, requirements. And it was just so easy to say, you know what, like, maybe this isn't as big of a deal or, you know, he does go to church. So maybe it's okay that, you know, I don't hear him really talking about God or, you know, we're compromising in purity in this realm. And maybe that's okay. Cause you know, we're not having sex, so it's mm-hmm. fine. And, you know, with just all, or we're having sleepovers and, you know, like there's just so many things in our culture that normalizes, you know, sex before marriage. Um, and th- there's just a, a pressure and a norm, a normal normalcy. I don't know what the word is. I'm looking normalcy. Yeah. Is that a word? Let's go with that. So. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and it it affects you when you don't realize if you're not mm. careful like mm-hmm. if you're not careful to guard that um what you believe your values it can so easily slip in um and you might even start out being like no these are my standards and slowly let them slip and if you're the only one trying to fight for that and protect it it's going to be extra hard and so just over the years, different things I would, I would compromise because I I just wanted a relationship. And that kind of goes back to, cause it was an idol in my life, but I would, I would compromise in all of these different ways. And I, I think we don't need to compromise. I mean, yeah. the thing I will say is though, I, I also, along with doing that, sometimes I would focus on the wrong things. Like my, my current husband, I was friends with him for a decade before we got married. And, um, one of the big reasons that I didn't want to date him is because I thought he was shorter than me. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out he's actually technically a half an inch taller, but you know, obviously that doesn't matter, but I get, you know, caught up on those kind of things and not actually valuing these other things. So, um, yeah, I just think it's so easy to compromise in, in this culture. Yeah. And the the third mistake I feel like I made is um, I often would try and like force things to make them happen. Um, and again, this is something that's carried over into marriage. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll make these plans for myself and I'm like, okay, I think God, this is how you're going to do it. I'm going to tell you God, my plan A, B, and C of how you're going to find me, my husband, and this is what it's going to look like. And so, um, I would, I would force these situations to happen. I would, I would figure out like, Oh, I haven't thought about this guy, uh, in this way. You know what? I think he must be the guy. And I would like force it into happening. And, and, you know, it never was quite right. It was like just me trying to speed up the timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's just so easy to do that. And it doesn't mean that we can't put ourselves out there. It doesn't mean you can't online date. It doesn't mean that you can't, um, you know, develop friendships with guys and even ask them out. But what I mean is like, you got to make sure the peace of God is with you. Um, I'm in, uh, Priscilla Schreier's Bible study, discerning the voice of God. Have you, have you done that one, Priscilla? I haven't yet, but I've heard okay. amazing things. Yes. It's so good. And it's just kind of confirming some things I had maybe thought, but she was talking today about how, like God's peace, how you discern his voice. One of the biggest ways is, is his peace is with you. And so when that peace departs, it's, Mm -hmm. it's because you're maybe trying to speed up the timeline or trying to force something that's not from him. And so I would often do that. Like I would just try and force these things and God's peace wasn't with me. And so, um, and now I I've done that a lot in my marriage with just like trying to get my husband, on, you know, improving in this area or this area or whatever, because there's always endless areas for all of us to improve in. And I would try and, you know, force this 
encounter with God for him to have. And that was never God's plan. God's like, okay, I don't need you take a step back. Like I've got this, just rest in me, Mm. pursue me. And that is how things are actually going to change. Not by you trying to make it happen in your own hands. So that was, that was kind of the, the third mistake that I made that carried on with me. Um, and a few just like quick things that like looking back that I feel like I did do well to prepare myself, um, along with the mistakes is, you know, I'm already kind of talking about this, but I grew in my relationship with God, like that needed to be the foundation that I walked into marriage with. And so that's just the best focus you can have in this time. Um, and then I dug into church community, which we kind of referenced. That's so essential to have that community. Um, and then just focusing on my own growth and the, my, and, and God and his plan that he had for me instead of endlessly obsessing over dating and marriage. So, um, yeah, I, I made progress at times and then I would fall back. And so, um, yeah, those are just a few things as I reflected that I feel like, wow, I didn't do these things super well. And, um, yeah, I hope that you can learn from them. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what I love about, um, like being in faith and in community and learning from women, men, you know, like, not like in general, like in the community as a whole, like actually watching people go through the process with the imperfections, right? Like, and yes, maybe from my point of view, like I don't know the ins and outs. And like you said, the mess, quote unquote, (laughs) that maybe was unfolding for the first five years or so. Um, But when we hear the testimony and the truth of how God worked in it, regardless, that's so beautiful. Like, and I'm so glad that you even started with mistake number one, idolizing it. And, um, I, I, I'm, I've come out of idol idolizing just relationships in general. Mm. Um, right. And, you know, I've never been married or close to marriage in, in that way, but I, I, as I was walking into my faith, I realized how that played a role in my life. Like having the validation of some, of, of a guy, of a male in my life was something that I was, oh my gosh, so like, idolization is the only word I have for it but I was like striving for that as like I felt so deprived of it and I felt this like thirst hunger that wasn't of God and and only in my faith was I able to be like oh wow like and not in a in a shameful it's like once you understand that difference between shame and conviction there's a peace that comes with that that God says hey like, I need you to slow down a little bit here. I need you to come walk with me, come rest with me here. So that, that value and identity of self is so centered that it grounds you to, to identify and see when some of these things can happen again, right? Like I, I, like I said, I, I, I can start to feel some of that conviction right now, you know, like, am I starting to idolize the process of, when and if that is to come for me, right? And so I have to continuously check myself because I know that is in my nature to fall into. And so just hearing that just, you know, brings me a lot of peace and comfort as we're speaking about it. And it bounces off our, you know, my last episode with Bianca, who's from our church. And like, that was the the center point and the, the talking point about if, you know, in the realm of dating and being in singleness, like, not allowing that to become your your 
be all end all like once I'm in a relationship like then I'll start this f you know xyz um and so it's like reiterating the same but on on the other side of things Mm -hmm. and also acknowledging how that plays into how that can come into your marriage when not addressed and um but again that God even works in that and that 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 is the redemptive hopeful story that God's always going to move um so yeah Yeah, and I love I love what you said um and I think it too just reminds everyone to like, yes, there's grace. Like you're not going to do this perfectly and you don't have to, I think, you know, maybe Bianca talked about this, but I think there can be this idea of like, when I get good enough, that's when I'll get marriage or, you know, when I, and, and, um, we want to be growing obviously always in our whole life, but there's no, perfect. And I made a lot of mistakes and I still got a marriage. And then, you know, those mistakes were in the marriage and, but we're still here. We're still married. Like, so (laughs) like grace in all things, um, is so essential. Yeah. I love that. Well, I kind of wanted to tie in how, um, you decided to go after a master's in marriage and family therapy and, you know, working with families and marriages and counseling others was there um did you feel preparation and tools that helped you or was it (laughs) (laughs) laughing with you over here from therapist to therapist this is like one of my favorite topics to talk about it's like one like not I mean usually we all have a reason why we actually got into therapy as, as a profession. Um, but two, like how helpful was it actually in practice? (laughs) That is, I just love your question. Yeah. I don't even, I didn't even think about it in that way. So it's such a good question though, because it's so as therapists, it's so easy to help other people with their struggles and, we do our best to apply it to our own lives, but we need our own therapist, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't always copy over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think I took some good tools into marriage, um, specifically restoration theory. Um, just as I've gone through marriage that, that was really helpful to kind of fall back on. Um, but like I said, um, we were just a, a major hot mess, uh, specifically the first five years. And, um, yeah, I, I think part of that even is, <laughs> I think a huge problem. One of the main problems of our first five years is my pride. And so I think in some ways, like going in as a marriage and family therapist, like, maybe even increase that pride. Cause I'm like, I have all the tools. You need to do it my way. I have the answers for you. Like, and you can hear me as I say that that's obviously not going to go well in trying to have like a healthy marriage or healthy relationship at all. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I I'm grateful for my background, but my pride really just got in the way of a lot of things. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I have learned from just being married is it sounds so simple, but my way is not the way and my way is not (laughs) the best way. It is just a way. And literally that has been a, a, like a huge point of contention in our relationship 
to the point that I didn't even recognize it because I'm over here just thinking the problem is him and that he needs to do things my way. And, and even things like how he spends time with God, like you need to do it my way, right? Like things that it's like, okay, we, that makes sense. We want him. I want him to eat healthy. I want him to spend time with God. I want him to have healthy relationships, but I was constantly trying to force him to do it my way and in my timing. And that just pushed him farther from any of those healthy things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a pride about me thinking without realizing it, thinking that I, I really just knew the best. Um, and you always, I think a lot of people joke about like how to load the dishwasher. Like that's a a common thing (laughs) that people have their own. And that is one of mine too. Yes. So there's like both sides of it where it's like, I just think I know how to load the dishwasher, but I also think I know how you should be spending time with God. And, or even like, I, I know, I think I know what it would look like if you were following God. Like mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing these things. So that must mean that you have no relationship with God and yeah, just super dangerous. And lots of criticism came through that. Um, and also just a, a lack of peace inside of me because I am constantly looking at him and I'm constantly looking at a, a negative thing, right? Like if we look for the negative, we can always find it. Whatever we're looking for, we can always find. And so I'm constantly filling my, my, my eyes, the eyes are the window, the window to the soul. And so I'm constantly filling my soul with these negative things that I see constantly looking for that without realizing it. Like it sounds so obvious right now, what I'm saying. And you're like, gosh, you sound like a horrible wife, but when you're no. in the middle of it, <laughs> I mean, I was, <laughs> when you're in the middle of it, you can be so blinded to what you're doing. Um, and And so for a a lot of, for me, that was really a challenge is my anger. Um, You know, if you're familiar with restoration theory, because I think Priscilla has probably unpacked it at some point, um, you know, we all have our destructive ways of coping. And my husband's is to withdraw, which just fuels my anger. It doesn't make it his fault, but that's kind of the dynamics of our first five years is he would withdraw. And I just desperately wanted that connection so bad. And I was willing uh, subconsciously to get it in any way that I could find it. And so that was, um, explosive, ugly, um, even, um, um, emotionally abusive at times, like mm-hmm. it was so bad. And so really, I feel like this is, people say this now, but it's just so true. Like the thing that I learned the most in these five years is to stop looking at him and what he's doing and to grow myself. <laughs> and that literally can transform an entire marriage, even if they are not changing. Cause when you change, it shifts everything. And so, yeah, over these years, I've really um, learned to stop criticizing and stop looking at, you know, for the negative, which it's still a daily battle, but I've, I've, you know, gained ground there. Um, I've learned that it's not, my way is not the way. <laughs> um, I've really, God has given me a lot of freedom from my anger. Um, it's been a, a combination of him just in some supernatural moments, really setting me free from that anger that I've had my entire life, like starting with my parents and into like roommates and now in my marriage. And he's really set me free. Um, and then as well as working it through restoration theory and using that continually to understand myself and um, change the patterns in my brain so that I can not go to that space anymore and I can choose something different. And that literally has transformed me over time so much. Um, And, you know, along with that too, I've just really had to learn a stance of humility, Mm. which is so painful. (laughs) 
<laughs> so helpful in every area of life. Um, and I just started apologizing all the time, not for things that, you know, we're not saying overly apologize, but every little thing that I did that I know was, was sin or not honoring him. I would apologize for it, even when he would never apologize in return for his things. Um, and you know, I'm starting to see the fruit of that now for a while. I was like, okay, I would just get sometimes angry because I was the only one apologizing. But, um, now in the space we're at, we both like every moment that we're, we're not honoring of each other, whether we raise our voice, whether we forget to give a hug, whatever it is, we're, we're, we're both constantly aware of that and apologizing. And so like really that humility of uh, like owning your mistakes and, um, just saying that sorry is, is so, so crucial. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of like a a little bit of our journey of what, what marriage has kind of looked like. Wow. Um, I felt myself getting a little emotional now as you were just talking about that humility component, because it is, it's a tough one, a a tough one for any of us, whether you're Christian or not, like that is probably, (laughs) you know, like such a hard uh, place of, um, contention within yourself and um but when it happens it's so it's so beautiful and it's like that renewal of self like that that you painted that picture of like people say it all the time work on yourself work on yourself right but sometimes it's hard to work on yourself when you're in relationship with someone we're all in relationship with some people right like we have relationships but within a marriage I can imagine like you said I was the only one for a while and it reminded me of the story um where I think is it Peter who asks um, Jesus, like how many times is it Peter? It might be somebody else. Brittany. You- uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> who goes, how many times should we forgive um, our brothers and sisters? Right. Like seven times. And Jesus is like, no, like seven times, 70 times. 70, I think he said like, yeah. it, it's like this. End- and you know, like you do the math, like it's not an endless amount, but it's a lot of times, <laughs> you know, like that number itself is a big number. And it's like reminding ourselves to put ourselves in that position so that God can feel that place. Right. And then you see the fruit and like how beautiful now, like I said, I can only imagine how hard it felt at the beginning. Like I'm the one who has to put my ego to side and put my pride to side so that humility can come first. And like, but at the same time, it was working something in West as well, right? Because now he's right there with you. So even though it didn't look exactly the same, like, like God will will work that through through relationship. And I just I, I got emotional because I just I know I where I've struggled with pride in in the past and where I still do in some cases, right? And then I see it in other people. I'm like, oh, like if they only like address their pride. <laughs> this wouldn't be an issue but then it only makes me feel more prideful and it doesn't allow (laughs) the relationship to actually grow it distance um ourselves um so yeah I just thank you for sharing that um part of relationship building and 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 the tough parts of it like keeping healthy relationships is probably one of the hardest things we'll have to do and one of the biggest commandments God gives us right after loving him. It's like loving others. And so it's just so crazy that um, we can dismiss it or be so blinded by it because of everything that we're bombarded with in the world. Like you had mentioned earlier that, you know, the health of a relationship, like, Oh, whatever, it's never going to be perfect. Like, so 
so let it be that way. And, and then we open that window to that sin nature to come in and then, and, and penetrate and filtrate the lens by which we see things, um, how we experience one another. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. A couple of thoughts on that real quick. Um, one, I know you, uh, I feel like this is again, something that's said all the time, but I don't think it can be overstated. Um, but it's, it's going into marriage. Both of you saying like divorce is not an option. Um, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me of like what you said about the world and, and the, the filters we see things through, because like, I've always believed that my whole life. And yet <laughs> in the middle of those arguments, that's what I want to say. Like, that's what I want to say. That's what I want to do. And so if you already have that as an option, like it's almost inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just, yeah, a quick thing that I just think we have to be reminded of again and again, even though we've heard it a hundred times. Um, <laughs> but then also too, you know, I think one of the things that, um, I had to go through to get to that place of humility and, and that place of health where I wasn't exploding all the time is to actually be completely okay with just God. Um, and that's really something I wish I had fully learned in my singleness, um, because that's what I needed in those moments. That's, that's why I was exploding is because I wanted him to fill that. And of course we want healthy relationships and we want that, you know, back and forth, but you also need to be okay. Like I've learned to be content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like we, we have to learn how to get to that place. And so one of the biggest things that, um, really Randy actually helped me learn was, and Randy's a spiritual coach. I don't know if you've talked about him on here. (laughs) Um, I'll have to bring him on so people know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. He's so great. But, um, I learned to, in some ways, like be alone and be okay being alone. And that sounds weird in the context of a marriage, but like I had to learn to like have God literally that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way that I was able to get to a place where I didn't explode and where I apologize without him apologizing. And so, um, yeah, that, that was just a really crucial journey that I went on that allowed me to get to the place that we are now. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Um, I know, you know, we come prepared with some questions and, you know, I think God filled the, filled the space and allowed this conversation to go exactly where it needed to. And we didn't even get to touch a whole lot on like motherhood and all that. So that might be another episode for another day where I just, you know, I, I crave knowledge in that just because it's like, yeah, that's hopefully something in in store that God has for me. And if not, like, at least I want to be a cheerleader and a champion and a supporter of my friends who have children and, you know, just be able to, to love on the families because children are our generation and, you know, we're building up kingdom builders. And so the last thing I did want to touch on though, before we, you know, we wrap up here, I, I want to continue this conversation forever <laughs> but, <Me too. laughs> is, um, just let letting the listeners know how you came into podcasting, how now you're using utilizing the skills and knowledge, your faith, you know, all of it now at, in Morning Mama and just how it's just unfolded and how you knew God was just calling you to this and what it kind of looks like. Yeah. Um such a long journey. So uh basically the 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 biggest part of it is I, um, had a miscarriage on uh, new year's Eve in, um, right before 2020 started. And in, in the craziest way through that 
hardship that was like, you know, the worst thing I could imagine at the time, the, uh, the thing I feared, um, God took that thing and he literally turned it completely around and made it, um, literally one of the best seasons of my life. And I don't say that lightly because I know, uh, it's such a heavy time and it's, there's, there's trauma in it. There's so much to it. And I know not everyone's story is going to look that way, but the God just, um, confirmed his voice in me. And it, it just sparked this intensity in me, this fire that I like had to go into the world and share about him. And I had this new sense of boldness. And so, um, through that, you know, it was also like, you know, right before the pandemic. And so that, you know, kind of factored. And so in that time of, um, kind of not being able, cause I guess like right after that, I was, I was going to the gym and talking to strangers about Jesus <laughs> and like hearing from God for them and giving them words. And like, I was just on fire and everywhere I went in Trader Joe's. And so when COVID happened, I didn't have as much of that opportunity. And I was like, so hungry to just speak about God and, and help people. And and so, um, I tried to start a blog and it was great for a whole two, uh, blogs <laughs> that, literally that was it. Yep. Yeah. And then I, I was pregnant with my, my next child, my daughter and, um, you know, just in all of that, that it just, it was a lot. I, and it takes yeah. a lot of time to write a blog. So all that to say, like, um, after my daughter was born, I got, I just knew God was calling me into some new things. I, I could feel it. I had this like holy restlessness because I, I knew I, I had, I'd had a time of being a stay at home mom. And I knew that time was coming to an end and he had something more for me. And so in that season, you know, first he called me into um, ministry and into working for my church. And that's kind of my number one priority behind, you know, behind my family and my husband. And, um, but you know, that's kind of the, the first place he called me, but then I also just still felt like there was something more. And so, um, through a lot of things that actually I need to, I was, you asked this question and I was like, I need to go back and look at my journal because I don't remember the little ways that God confirmed it. And so any of you that are, you know, kind of, um, on this journey with God, make sure you write down, I'm sure Priscilla talks about it all the time, but write down the things that God speaks and how he shows you, because there's going to come a time where you question, like, did God really tell me to do this? Like, I, I feel like I'm failing or this isn't going how I want it to, or this is just really hard. And so you have to have that written down so you can go back to it. And so all that to say, I need to go look at the specifics, but God just made it clear that I was to turn this, this blog into a podcast. Um, and, yeah, I, I just kind of stepped into that and God, uh, continued to confirm it just by uh, growing it. And, um, I've actually through it discovered gifts inside of me that I had no idea were there because I literally would have never in, in the whole world chosen podcasting for myself. Like <laughs> I'm an introvert. I don't like talking in front of people. I actually thought I was bad at talking literally. Like I thought it was a weakness of mine. Mm. Um, but through it, God just revealed like a gift of teaching. And, um, I can only say that because my pastors have told me I have that. Otherwise I would really have a really hard time owning that, but that's what they've said. I'm like, okay, you say so. Um, and I, and actually I love it. And so that's, I, I guess that's confirmation that I do have it is because I love it. I love podcasting. I love the creativity. I love getting to, um, just reach people. And it's kind of, you know, I didn't fully know the mission that God would send me on, but it's turned into kind of equipping, um, Christians and helping them kind of get fired up the way that I was fired up. And so, you know, specifically I speak, speak to moms on the podcast, but, um, 
that's it's kind of just because it's the season that I'm in right now, but it's, it's helping whatever, like you're in the middle of that, that the muck of life is kind of covering, um, your fire for God. And it's, it's becoming a, uh, it's, it's becoming the priority where you're just trying oh. to get through, um, or you can't see past it. And God is no longer like the priority. It's kind of my mission to help remove that. And so specifically I speak to moms who are just stuck in the ruts of motherhood and all that it comes with and, and try and get all those things off. So you can be on mission for God and just run at that with everything that you have. And so, yeah, it's been so much fun. Um, it's just such a blessing to get to, to be used by God in this way. So cool. So amazing. Yeah. I I do talk about writing things down. I don't know if I specifically have told listeners like when God's speaking, write it down. And that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yes, yes. So many. We could, we could do hundreds of episodes together. Hundreds. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's so awesome. And I'm just, it's so cool to see, like I said at the beginning to see you step into something where you felt like never in a hundred years, um, similar myself, like what in the world and, and that the gifts that come out of that, or like, you know, and just, um, yeah, the amazingness that God just gives and provides and, um, however that looks. So just so grateful for your time, um, and an honor to have you on and yeah, I just want people to be able to find you. So how do they, yeah, where do they go? How do they get in touch with you if they're also moms and they want to, you know, and or if they're not, and they just want to check you out and see how amazing you are on your own podcast. Yeah, you're so sweet. And it truly, 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 truly is an honor to be here. And <laughs> I just love you, Priscilla. Um, Yeah, so my podcast is called Morning Mama. Um and M-A-M-A is how you spell it. And that's like the main way to find me. So <laughs> I am horrible at social media, mostly intentionally. Sometimes I'm like, I should be slightly better at this, but uh, social media has always just been an area of my life that I can easily struggle in just with comparison. And so I um, have never, I, I try and avoid it. So all that to say, you can find me on Instagram, but there's not much happening over there. Uh, you can always email me if you have like specific questions or just want to get in touch more. Um, you can email me at support at morningmama.co. Um, and yeah, you can find me on the podcast. I have a, a free Facebook group. If you want to jump in, if you search in Facebook, you can find it, uh, morning mama collective. And yeah, I would love to see you over there. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just so honored to get to speak to you today and just to get a minute with Priscilla. So great. So thank you. And, um, I'm excited for maybe a future episode <laughs> together. Same, anytime. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Amiga, that's a wrap for today. I pray this episode has blessed you in some way, brought you some clarity or inspired you to take your next step in faith and healing. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, I would love to hear about it. And the best way to thank me is by leaving me a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. You can also screenshot this episode and post me and tag me at Amiga Arise. I would love to connect with you and be on this journey with you. You can also join my Facebook group and meet other women on the same journey. So until next time, I'll be praying with you, Amiga. Arise and shine daily. And may we pray, move, and grow together. God bless.